We could just end the service, I think, right now with that, but we're not going to. <laughs> I've got a few things I just want to, yeah, who said, oh, was that my son? Thanks, James. Thanks, buddy. Um, we heard about hopelessness, and we are going through a season uh, where it looks like there is no hope out there. Dr. Gary Nelson, who is the president of Tyndale University, had this quote. He said, the opposite of hopelessness is imagination. It's imagination. And I'd like to introduce to you and just summarize this report that came from the Canadian Baptists. Just actually was released a month ago. It's work that's been going on for the past two years. Basically, a bunch of youth across the country uh, were engaged in surveys a few years ago. Um, just asking them a variety of questions. This was then given to a bunch of youth workers who got together in Niagara Falls uh, last April. So 50 youth workers from all the way from Vancouver to Newfoundland came out and presented what the youth from their different areas were saying. And it all got boiled down into this report called Imaginative Hope, which is reaching and engaging the next generation with the gospel. And so I want to share with you some of this this morning to give you a little bit of window into what we're actually dealing with. Um, it's been popular in the past to talk about the big question of hemorrhaging faith, which came out a few years ago, is why are we losing so many young people from the church? And the church has been really trying to address that in the past number of years. Why are youth leaving the church and never coming back to the church in their mid-20s? That was the question for the millennial generation. We are now in the post-millennial generation. So the kids that are now from 5 to 18 years old are a part of what's called Generation Z, or Generation Z in the States they call it. But anyway, Generation Z. And the question has changed for Generation Z. It is no longer why are youth leaving the church. It's why are there no children in church? And how do we reach the next generation, engage the next generation with the person of Jesus Christ? Uh, a couple of stats that surprised me that I wanted to share with you this morning. 31% of all Canadians are under the age of 24. Roughly one out of three is under the age of 24. And this stat even surprised me more. 85% of Christians became a follower of Christ between the ages of 4 and 14. So that shines this bright light on how important child and youth ministry is uh, in our churches, is that People are becoming Christians during this age, so we've got to figure out how we're going to develop them into fully functioning disciples of Jesus Christ so they can go out and reach uh, the lost. Um, this report came up with some obstacles, uh, seven major obstacles to reach the next generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to go through all of them, but I want to touch on a few of them. Um, number one, so this is the 50 youth workers who got together, and they're making this report on behalf of all Canadian Baptists. So you're welcome to include yourself in this when it says we as Canadian Baptists, or you can disclude yourself if you don't believe that. But the number one obstacle that they identified is we as Canadian Baptists have neglected our own spiritual health and wellness. And for, as someone involved in ministry, this gets really easy to do. It gets easy to get involved in the ministry and forget that the ministry is actually Jesus working on our own hearts, Jesus uh, um, softening our edges, um, Jesus, uh, our hope. And so sometimes we can get out there and try and share the hope, share the hope, share the hope, and we forget that 
He came and died for us. And it's our own spiritual health and wellness as individuals that needs to be first and foremost in order for us to be effective in reaching the next generation. Um, To skip over obstacle two, into obstacle three, it says, we've not engaged well in the significant issues of our time. It says, as churches in Canada, we have largely been ineffective in engaging cultural and other important issues. You can include any issue in here that you like. Uh, A couple of them that they did touch on is how we address sexual identity, how we talk about mental health, uh, how we've treated, talked about the treatment of indigenous communities and other marginalized people. Uh, One of the obstacles is we have not engaged well with the significant issues of our time. Obstacle four, and I was just on a course uh, two weeks ago at Tyndale, and this was something that was coming out of the youth workers, the youth pastors that were taking this course on youth, course on youth ministry and the changing family, is the fact that we've not effectively fostered intergenerational relationships. That's just a fancy way of the older people in our congregation coming alongside in purposeful and effective ways alongside the youngest ones, even the youngest ones as they're in uh, in our Sunday schools. So this isn't saying that the people who are engaged in Sunday school ministry aren't reaching their kids. It's saying that as a congregation, uh, Canadian Baptists are acknowledging we haven't done well in fostering intergenerational relationships. And the good news there is it's never too late to get good at those things. Uh, skip over obstacle five. Obstacle six, which came through loud and clear, is that we've underestimated the transformative power of God. Um, Something that came out of this report that says that we've stopped trusting in God's mighty supernatural power through the work and leading of the Holy Spirit, and we've shamefully ignored the impact of the gospel. It says we need to plunge the depths of our understanding of the gospel so we can preach it clearly and simply to this generation. Let's reclaim Canada as a mission field by demonstrating through word, deed, and sign that God's kingdom is here. And as we do, we need to trust God's power to transform lives and communities. That's powerful. And obstacle seven, which doesn't really need any further explanation, is we've embraced a culture of consumerism in our churches. It's everywhere. This culture of consumerism is part of the culture we live in, and it... uh, the Canadian Baptist that got together says they failed to model God's kingdom values of compassion and generosity in a way that counteracts society's immersion into consumerism and individualism. So that's the bad news. That's all the obstacles facing us in reaching this next generation. But the great, the good news is they came up with five major opportunities out of this study into reaching the next generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And these five major opportunities are now uh, to be woven into the ministries of all the churches from coast to coast. It's, it's up to us and the leaders of the churches to then take a look at this and say, how can we make this a part of everything that we're doing? And so the major opportunities that we have with this generation, number one is this generation values uh, building bridges. This generation values kingdom thinking rather than empire building. It's been ingrained into this post-millennial generation They're looking for what unifies rather than what divides. And our churches and denominations need to be places of strong unity while embracing great diversity. So this is is an opportunity that we have to build bridges into this next generation. Um, Number two, an opportunity is this generation actually is longing for and wants relationship with caring adults in their lives. This generation, this 5 to 14 to 18 years old, they actually... 
They're seeking loving and caring adults who believe in them and are willing to invest in them. They want the older generation to speak into their lives, to walk alongside of them, to give them opportunities to be connected in authentic relationships. It's a huge opportunity. Opportunity number three, which I like to fully embrace, is let them lead. Let them lead. Like that was the whole idea behind this service. This is the third year that we've now done this youth-led service is to give them the opportunity to lead and to let them decide. Uh, this generation is capable of leading. That They have willing and able leaders who are already leading in things like social media, sports teams, bands, business startups, and in their schools, but very rarely are they given an opportunity to lead in the church. And that's the challenge to us is to give them opportunities to lead. Uh, opportunity number four, this generation is open to spirituality. Believe it or not, this generation is open to spirituality. They're curious and interested in spiritual things. And it's up to us as leaders and as older Christians who are sometimes fearful to talk about spirituality to engage the younger generation in these, in these discussions. The younger generation, they're looking for deep and authentic conversations about spirituality and how Christian faith is and how to make a real difference in the world, which leads into opportunity number five that is, is an opportunity for us to reach this generation, is this generation is globally connected in ways that has never been before, and they actually, uh, they're seeking biblical justice even though they don't realize it. Um, they're more aware of global issues than any previous generation and you see, we can make a, have a pivotal role of coming alongside of them because they have a desire for justice. Uh, and if we provide them with this deep biblical understanding of how to mean, meaningfully engage on these issues, uh, it'll show them how the gospel can change this broken world. And so just to close, the three action steps that came out of this report for the church and how to reach the next generation, number one is let them lead. So empower the youth and the children to lead and include youth and children in the whole of our church now. And so that's our challenge is how can we, we weave youth into every single part of our church? Uh, how can we identify their gifts at an early age and allow them to start serving? Um, how can we invite children and youth to serve on existing ministry teams? It was nice to have youth on worship. We as a church have had youth on worship for as long as I've been here, which is great. Uh, having youth leading missions trips, which was great last year. Was it last two years? Last year. Two years ago? Last year, yeah. Last year when we sent a, a team to Nicaragua. Um, largely a, an uprising of the youth themselves, which is great. Um, action step number two is we need to engage the culture. It's so critical. Right now we are in a mental health crisis in this community. I didn't know if you're aware of this, but we are currently in a mental health crisis for the youth in this community. Uh, there was a suicide of a youth just in the past month, and we've now got, I can, we're counting on two hands or more, the number of youth that are struggling with suicidal thoughts, depression, failed suicide attempts. Uh, we've got youth right now in psychiatric wards. This is an epidemic, and so we need to engage this mental health epidemic with this culture. Um, engage the culture on the issues of our day with grace and truth. This generation needs to understand and see a faith that can navigate the complexity of this world. And so we need to learn about cultural issues from various sides with humility, develop a deep theology and be able to explain it to this culture, right? Action step number three, and this is something that I think this church has been, has placed an intentional focus on a few years ago, 
uh, and that's to give intentional focus to youth, uh, to, to children and youth now. So we have Eleanor working, working as a part-time worker with Sunday school ministry. We have myself working as a youth pastor. This is something our church saw, that we could see that there was this swell of young people in our church through our families that we were engaged with. And we started making intentional investments in those programs. Uh, it needs to continue and it needs to grow because the need has never been greater to reach youth with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that's, that's a wrap-up of this report, which uh, it's available in a nice brochure. It's also available at imaginativehope.ca. And that's what we need to remember, is that we do have hope available for this generation. And hope has a name, and his name is Jesus Christ. And so we need to figure out, as a, as a community, how we're to show our faith in a real way to this next generation. Uh, I'd like to invite the worship team up for, yeah, one last song. And remember, don't leave right afterwards because we have fresh Tim Hortons coffee arriving shortly and some wonderful sugary snacks and even a healthy one. Are grapes healthy? Yeah, they're healthy, right? Grapes are good? Okay. We got grapes and a bunch of sugary stuff. Uh, Also, if you're needing prayer, Right in front of the cross after the service, there will be people here that will pray with you and for you for whatever you need prayer in your life. Um, So please come to the cross if you need prayer and stay for a coffee and some nice sugary snacks. Back to you guys.